With Stuart Pink and Mark Searby. Phoenix FM Film Reviews. It's Phoenix FM Film Reviews with me, Stuart Pink, and the unspeakable arch nemesis of Ant-Man himself. Pesticide Man. Or as we know him, Mark Searby. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Just give it time. Give it time and that will be a Marvel Cinematic Universe bad guy. Oh, well, wouldn't it? it'd be quite good, Pesticide Man. Uh, well, yeah. Because yeah, he, he well, would do all sorts of damage to all, lots of them, really. Well, he's able to concoct all sorts of pesticides. So, you yeah. know, not just Ant-Man, but um, others as well. Could take out um, Spider-Man as well. Um, yeah, exactly. There you go, yeah. Spider-Man. It yes. him all lots of yes. problems. Um, yeah. Doctor Strange might have an allergy. Um, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a few actually thinking about it that could be taken down by yeah. somebody like that. Not sure what pesticide he'd in- use, though. Would he use the powder or the spray? Depends where you are, because remember, some of these, having read the back, some of these are dangerous to animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is so true. So you, you've got to be careful with this stuff. You've got to be careful. Yeah, yeah, it's a dangerous game. Then you're the pesticide man. It's a really dangerous game, <laughs> yes. I mean, I will say this, pesticide man is not in the film we're about to review. I can oh. tell you that now. Oh, that's disappointing. He's, he's not in like the <laughs> post credit sequence or anything else like that. <laughs> That would make a great ending, wouldn't it? At the end, could you imagine man? if they actually did that and and they did like this random character at the end in the post credit sequence, and you go, "Who's this? Like, <laughs> really? Turns Watering up. can guy? Really? <laughs> what, what? You know, like just something like that? You just be like, I don't under what's going on. It's, it's somebody else replaced the end of the reel here yeah. or something. You know, just bizarre." I'd like to see yeah, that, actually. Like, just Avengers that aren't really proper Avengers, like Toast Man or <laughs> Chip Lady. <laughs> well, I mean, really, if if you want to go dark and and weird, The Boys TV series, I keep saying this. I've heard about the this, Bo- yeah. The, the Boys TV series has changed superhero movies and TV shows forever. Like, it just has. I'm sorry, but there are movies out. You know, we reviewed Black Adam. um, And I said to you, movies like this are about 10 years old. And they are. And the problem is, now that the boys TV series is out, I can't even watch some of the Marvel stuff because I'm like, well, the boys have just ripped this to shreds. (laughs) It's ruined it. Ruined it forever. Yeah, it's ruined it. And it's taken it to a next level where you go, okay, it's now for an adult audience. So... Yeah, sorry, but The Boys has ruined everything. But for me, in a good way, I'm kind of like, I love this show. It's amazing. You've got to see it because I know you're obviously a massive yeah. um, fan. Well, um, it's on yeah, the, the Boys. Netflix. It's on it Prime or? Video. It's Prime, on Prime okay. Video, basically. Um, and there's three seasons. Um, I think there's like 10 or 12 episodes per season. Um, and uh, it's it's brilliant and yeah. very adult. Like you, you can't. You know, if you've got kids and they're into the MCU, you can't show them this because there's a lot of naughty words in it. Oh, um, naughty, and, naughty. And, and other things. Um, but yeah, the <laughs> the boys. Sorry, but the boys has ruined everything. Um, Superheroes yeah, as for said, the dads. In a good way for me. And mums. Yeah, well, kind grown-ups. of. Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but um, there's there's some stuff in that last season that I'm just like, who even thinks of this? Like. <laughs> I mean, the the opening 15 minutes of, of, of the first episode, and, and if anybody's seen it, they'll know what I'm talking about, is hilarious. And yet 
very troubling that somebody has written this. <laughs> this has come from I, someone's mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yet at the same time, they put that out. And this is hilarious. They put out that first episode and Marvel, well, Ant-Man, had to make a video to basically counter what they had done in the first episode. <laughs> I kid you not. Wow. There we are. I kid you not. Marvel basically had to turn around and say, right, uh, Paul Rudd, can you dress up as Ant-Man? And basically say, this is not what I do, because it was riffing <laughs> on the Ant-Man thing. Oh, wow. I, I'm not going to say too much more, but when you see it, you'll understand how weird and depraved it is, but in such a good way. It's such a good show. <laughs> so the boys um, on Prime. See, now we're doing TV reviews as well. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been out a while, to be honest with you. I think the you know, season three, which is the newest one, uh, was out last year. I've just got around to oh, okay. watching it. Well, I haven't. I watched it last year. Just because it's, it's more hard work to watch all the series because they're longer, aren't they? Uh, some of us don't have the time, you know? Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, busy exactly. man. Anyway, look, that, well, <laughs> I haven't got time because I'm at the cinema. Speaking of which, we've got cinema <laughs> stuff to review. Speaking of which, Ant-Man, you know. Um, Ant-Man, so, he's back. So and he's back for a third outing. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania is the full title. That sounds okay. like the name of a place I used to go as a kid and go on rides. <laughs> Let's hope not. Quantumania. Hope not. <laughs> so this time... Scott Lang, a.k.a. Ant-Man, and Hope Van Dyne, a.k.a. The Wasp, along with Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, explore the quantum realm where they interact with strange creatures and embark on an adventure that goes beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. Oh. Just so, a small little family outing then. The, uh, yeah, Well, yeah, kind of, yeah, because the daughter's along for the ride as well, by the way. Oh, right. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the daughter comes along as well, so Scott Lang's daughter's in it as well. Um, so... This is the first movie in Phase 5 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Phase 5. I'm glad you're keeping count. Yeah, well, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to. So I think we can say that Phase 4 was mm, a little rocky, shall we say? Yeah. Um, Did that include you know it? Endgame? Phase 4? No. No? No. Okay. No, no, no. Phase 4 was uh, things like Black Widow, but also Eternals. Oh, um, yeah. Wakanda Forever. And, you know, it, it was a little bit rocky. Let's go yeah. with that, you know. Um, now, if this film, first movie in Phase 5, is anything to go by, then the instability of the quality of the MCU films is to continue, basically. Oh. Because <laughs> this... Third film in the Ant-Man saga is very messy. I mean, it's it, basically what it does is it tries to set out about five different central storylines. So each of the characters gets their own in-depth storyline, but it just gets really messy. And at times it's kind of a struggle to follow who's doing what and where and why and all of these things. And it, but what happens is Scott gets separated from Hope and her parents, basically. Um and he's with his daughter. So they have this storyline. And then you have Kang the Conqueror, who's the big baddie in this, who's got a storyline as well. And then um, Janet Van Dyne's got a, a storyline. Hank's got a storyline. Hope Van Dyne's got a story. You know, it it's all over the place in terms of storytelling. Oh, a lot to keep up with, and yeah. It is. And this is all within the first hour. Where you're going, what? what where, <laughs> where? Why? Where are we going now? What's happening? Who are we dealing with? Um, and if that wasn't bad enough, 
the film basically tries to be a Marvel movie version, um, a Marvel movie with the brains of a Christopher Nolan film. Oh no! Oh, right. Okay. So, so there's yeah. So there's times they were doing their sciency bits in the film, and I was just like. You're just ripping off Christopher Nolan. You just <laughs> this is this is Interstellar. Tenet this on is small scale. this is yeah. This is Tenor. This is Inception. You know that that's what they're trying to do, but without any of the success that obviously Christopher Nolan's movies have, and, and especially with the sciency bits. Instead, it just struggles with it all, and it ends up tying itself in knots with plots and subplots and sub subplots, and it's it's just not very well written. At all, oh. and, and they I, tried I'm to make of... it a bit more accessible for younger audience, doing the same idea, but because uh, I mean, that's, I, that's I'm, a good question. Couldn't quite get Tenet. I, I try. <laughs> I'm still not quite there. <laughs> uh, it's, it, do you know what? It's a good question. Is it for younger? I don't think it is. I think it's for anybody who enjoys the MCU. Mm. You know, it just it's just not well written, and I didn't really get the linking with the other MCU movies either. I'm like, how is this linking? I don't. You know, I didn't get that at all. What this film actually does do is it goes all out in style. There are literally hundreds of different creatures featured in this film. But then the problem with that is you stop paying attention to the main story and you start looking at the weird characters like the the, the one that looks like a bit of broccoli. I mean... (laughs) Oh wow! Honestly, is that a good guy yeah, or a bad honestly, guy? I'm trying to work out where that would sit. Well, well, I'm not going to spoil it for you, okay. but he is in it. He, I mean, <laughs> the broccoli. It's, I mean, it's a, it's an object. The broccoli is in it a bit. Um, and th- th- this is the problem. There's so many creatures. There's so many. And on top of that, as I said, it goes for style. It's literally pulverizing your eyes with fluorescent lighting. It's like somebody has vomited. Um, uh, um, you know these <laughs> Neon light. these highlighter markers <laughs> onto the screen and just let it run down. It's it, the, this is the film's problem. Is it's, it's look, it's so over the top. And you know how Guardians of the Galaxy was kind of over the top with its it, with its kind of look, and it was quite fluorescenty and whatever else. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't do it to the point where you were like, I need sunglasses. <laughs> Whereas this one does it. It's. It's trying. I don't, I don't know what's happened here, but clearly the filmmakers are, are going. Let's scramble the brains and the Special eyes. Special effects and you happy. Go, yeah, and you go. This is just messy, really messy. Oh. So Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. I, I saw the trailer, and I must admit, I saw mm. that they mentioned about the bad guy uh, messing timelines or something, and I thought, oh, here we go mm. again. They love yeah, their timelines, yeah. don't they? Yeah, well, this is this is an issue that obviously the Marvel movies have, is that you know, there's never any real peril because Doctor Strange can turn up now and turn back time or turn forward yeah. time. And that's what Doctor Strange doesn't <laughs> turn up in this, by the way. But Kang the Conqueror has something like that where he's talking about alternate timelines. And I'm like, so what you're saying is if everybody dies in this timeline, it doesn't matter because there is an alternate timeline where everybody lives and Marvel will just shift it over. I'm like, what? why? Nobody cares anymore yeah, now. We've then, done that Because now. you just think, we've had exactly, so many we, of those films. why? What's the point? <laughs> and just, just a mention for Kang the Conqueror, actually. It's played by Jonathan Majors. I have, I have to say, he's probably the, the only decent thing in this movie, really. But much like Christian Bale in Thor Love and Thunder... It's like he's in a different film. Like Kang the Conqueror is this really nasty, evil, 
guy who wants to bring down multiverses and and you go, wow, okay, this guy is seriously evil. And then he's in this fun, preppy, slightly sarcastic film and you go, sorry, but these are just not mixing. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like, <laughs> how is this working? It, it just doesn't. It's it, honestly, it, oh dear. Do you know what? My main takeaway from this film actually was that it desperately wants to be like a million different movies that we've seen before, especially those like classic science fiction B movies from like the 1940s and 50s. The only problem is I'm sat there and I'm going, the only film this reminds me of from those B movies from the 1940s and 50s is the well, atrociously bad and unintentionally hilarious Plan 9 from Outer Space. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't that, know I'm that sat one. there and I'm Sorry. going, okay, well, here's a bit from Star Wars and here's a bit from, you know, yeah. Inception. And I'm going, all this leads to is Plan 9 from Outer Space. That's it. <laughs> it's just it's just really messy. Really oh, messy. No. It's two two hours and five minutes as well, so there's a lot of, lot of jumping about then. <sighs> Um, so if you I could alter your begin, timeline, <laughs> you might not I watch it. I can't begin to d- tell you how long that two hours is as well. The thing is as well is ultimately it's not two hours. It's about one hour 50, but then you've got all of the credits and there is a mid-credit sequence and a post-credit sequence, which you, ha- you, know, you have to sit through to watch uh, when, you know, Broccoli Man gets his cape or something. He doesn't, by the way. That's, a, that's not a post-credit sequence. Um, but you have to sit through it all. So you're there for two hours and four minutes. And I just sat there going, when is this ending? And the thing is, as well as I'd forgotten my watch, so I kind of thought, I, I've probably been here 20 minutes. Oh, you went to see a film about altering timelines without yeah. your watch. That I was know. Yeah. very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Blimey. So could you have seen this? I mean, it's always a bit of a mission to keep up with the Marvel films. Mm-hmm. Um, can you count on one hand how many Marvel films you need to have seen to get movie. <laughs> well, you will have need to have seen the previous Ant-Man movies, which actually I really like. I like the first yeah, one they were and good. the second one. I yeah, they're they good. Um, you'll definitely need to have seen Avengers Endgame. Um, and that's probably it. There's a few references okay. to, to other characters, but that's probably it more than anything else. You can get through um, on them. So, yeah, you could get through on it. It's level one accessible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, level one accessible, yes. Okay, so Ant-Man and the Wasp, but Quantum Mania is cinemas? Um, in cinemas now, yeah. Get to go and see it now. Um, but if you can't get to see it now, I'm sure you can alter the timeline and watch it when it comes out <laughs> in another way. <laughs> yeah, just move on to a different timeline and it'll be on Disney Plus or something. You know? yeah. Excellent. Uh, what else you got for us, Mark? Uh, so in cinemas as well, Marcel the shell with shoes on. <laughs> that is a fantastic title. It's such a good title. I'm going to repeat it. Marcel the shell with shoes on. <laughs> so people are like, brilliant, what, brilliant. what, what, what is this? So I'll tell you, Marcel is a mollusk. <laughs> He's trying to find his family and he enlists the help of a filmmaker to track them down. Oh, <laughs> Of course he does. Why wouldn't? Of course, you? right. So before I get before I get to Marcel, and just to say that this is shot as a documentary on handheld cameras. I mean, obviously it's a fake documentary, um, but it feels what? so what? real. It's I know, what? I know, but it feels so real. That's the thing, <laughs> and the reason real. for it feeling it, well, I it hope looks so. very the real to me in the trailer. It, exactly, he looks so real, and you get so invested in this guy, <laughs> and that's because 
of the humility that Marcel has. He's, he's, he's adorable and he's hilarious and he's shy and he's energetic and he's about a million other things all rolled into a shell with one eye and two legs <laughs> and some pink shoes. It's a fantastic little creation, isn't he? He's just, it, he looks so it sweet. It so is. And you so want him to do well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's such a brilliant creation. It really is. Um, it's created by ex-husband and wife duo uh, Dean Fleischer-Camp and uh, Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate does the voice and Dean Fleischer-Camp is the director. He's actually the filmmaker in this as well. He's the guy who Marcel hires, basically. Um, Marcel is just a delight. I mean, I know I've just said it, but... We've never met anybody like Marcel before <laughs> in movies. And yet no. it feels like we've known him forever. And what the film does is basically because most of us have not seen it. It, it used to be a webisode series, okay, in the US. Oh, right. But okay. never translated over here. Um, so the film kind of has to reintroduce him to, to those of us who have never seen him before without really re, without really introducing him. And it does such a good job of that by showing us basically – a day in the life of Marcel. That's <laughs> how the movie starts. He goes, this is what Marcel does. He wakes up and he does this. And you, and you go, okay. So after like the first, I, I was going to say 10 minutes, because that's about when the point ends. But really after about 30 seconds, you go, I love Marcel. What's yeah. he doing today? You know, <laughs> I've just got to find out what he's up to. Yeah, I, I've got to find out. So <laughs> the way the film's op- the way the film opens is very quick. So you need to keep up because it's, it's quite quickly answering questions that you have. And Marcel's questions as well. Marcel's got loads of questions, you know, like, why is the sky blue? And uh, can I stand on the windowsill? I'm trying to do the impression. I can't do the Sounded just like him, though. Too yeah, just yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> Thought he was on the podcast. And then <laughs> the film does slow down. And then it's explained that Marcel is seeking his family. And the the family that he lost due to them moving away, basically. This is where, obviously, he hires Dean, who's the filmmaker. Um, and he, he comes into his own by filming Marcel and then uploading it to the Internet. Now, from there, the world goes crazy for Marcel. And, and he discovers the highs and lows of being famous. So you have this story here about fame, regardless of the fact that Marcel is a mollusk. Yeah. It's about instant fame and how you deal with it. <laughs> There's other things here as well. Um, you know, it, it's a film that is basically telling a story about how, how Marcel, a shell, let's not forget this, a shell, is having an existential crisis about his life and loves. <laughs> what? Well, of course he does. It, He's a real shell, isn't uh, he? Ex- yeah. Exactly. That's the thing. So, you know... That's some seriously heavy subject matter in what looks on the surface to be a delightful stop motion character movie. But the way that the film tells this existential story is twofold. So one, it does it with such joy that you actually don't notice how intelligent this film is with telling Marcel's story. Yeah. It just looks fun, but it's not. It's really serious. Second, it's actually an allegory for humans in general. Replace Marcel with any human and the story would be exactly the same. Yeah, it would work with the person. It would work. That's the thing. It would work. Yeah. Um, You know, that's the thing. I wasn't expecting to say to you, 
these things about what looks on the surface a stop motion comedy about a shower. I wasn't, but I, I honestly, I wasn't expecting to be so affected by Marcel and his story. But I think that's because the story connects on such a basic human needs level that anyone, and to be honest, everybody, let's be honest here, everybody will be affected by it. It's brilliant storytelling with wonderful animation. I notice it's up for loads and loads of awards, deservedly so. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, um, it's just a delight. Uh, you know, I know we're only in the mid-February. I get that. But this is the best film I've seen so far this year. Oh, fantastic. I mean, it looks from the trailer. I've seen that. And I just, I was captivated by myself. The shirt with shoes on straight away. Um, <laughs> yes. I love this kind of thing when they do this in an animation film. Like, how are you going to animate a shell with an eye and a couple of shoes? But they yeah. look like, from what I've seen, of two and a half minutes. That it's, it's so real. It's alive. But, it's... but that's the thing, isn't it? You're right in that you go, how are they going to do it? And then you watch it and you go, this feels natural. Like I ever, (laughs) you know, like I ever was questioning the filmmakers as to how you would make Marcel feel like a real character. You know, I feel dumb (laughs) saying, how are you going to do that? Because they just turn around and we go, we'll do this. And you go, I'm in love with Marcel. I need to see more Marcel. Best characters ever. Honestly, just brilliant. Absolutely. This movie really moved me. Happy tears. I think that's the way to describe it. Happy tears. Brilliant. So Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Is it in the cinemas, you say? What a great it's way to see cinemas. it. It's in cinemas. It's Yeah. What I mean, granted, obviously, Marcel is, you know, he, I don't know, two inches, maybe, if that. <laughs> and yet you're yeah. going to see him on a big screen. There's something rather delightful about all of that. Um, and I, I genuinely guarantee you will come away having one of the most wonderful, uplifting cinematic experiences. Brilliant. Um, and obviously factor in the fact you're going to have to go to a beach shortly afterwards to pick up a shell <laughs> and <laughs> make your own. Make your own, Marcel. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't. Yeah, it would not surprise me at all. It would not surprise me if you go, you know what? I want to make my own. And fair enough. If you've got your own, Marcel. Brilliant. We'll bring him in next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. What you got for us on the podcast, Mark? Uh, So on DVD and Blu-ray now, The Woman King. Now, this is set in the 1800s where a group of all-female warriors protects the African kingdom of Dahomey. General Nansika trains the next generation of recruits to fight against a foreign enemy that's determined to destroy their way of life. Oh, okay. I've got to, before I obviously review the movie, I've got to mention that this is based on real events. However, there are a few slight changes in the characters. Uh, a few of them didn't exist, but a few of them did exist, but in like different versions, different guises, shall we say. Okay. So A little bit of uh, creative think, license was used. Well, I, I think the best way to say it is that it's loosely based on real events. That That's the, probably the best way of doing it. Yeah. Um, okay. And you know what? True story or not, really, this is a ferocious film when the action starts. Yeah. I mean, all credit to the director, the stunts people and the actors for making such an energetic and, I mean, wonderfully choreographed, really, set of action 
moment, I genuinely felt the anger and aggression that was on show during the action scenes. Um, it, it was just it was leaping off the screen. I was like, wow, this is this is really hitting. And I also have to mention here as well how awesome Viola Davis is in the lead role of General Nansika. Uh, she really goes for it in the fight scenes and makes it look really savage. Yeah, I mean, it like, does look pretty wow. brutal. I've seen the yeah. trailer. There's some big old set pieces here. And you thought, yeah, wow, this is quite brutal stuff. Yeah. It's, it is, the action in this film is excellent. Can't fault it at all. Really can't fault that at all. Now, the story itself is sometimes interesting and sometimes not. But I think that's because it sort of loses its way a bit in the middle third. It, it drifts away from the female warrior unit for what I thought was a little bit too long. And it moves into a story about kings and and territory and allegiances, which Big I idea. guess, well, yeah, to a certain degree. But I, I guess it maybe needed to be included, but it runs a little bit too long in the film. And I thought as such, the film loses some of that energy that the opening third of the movie basically has. However, mm. once it goes back to the fighting in the big finale, then the film really writes itself and we are treated to an epic conclusion. And and one that a couple of times I just sat there and went, wow. Wow. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's quite bloodthirsty. Okay. You had just said about it in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'd seen the trailer and you were like, it's, it's full of it's action. 300 but with a twist. No, no, come on. No. Better than 300. No, I thought 300 on. was good. No, okay. Oh, no. 300's a CGI monster. This is actually, you know, a, a real movie filmed on location with real actors training. It's got real tomato months, sauce. I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, obviously, I mentioned Viola Davis there a minute ago and how good she is in the film. I also want to mention uh, Lashana Lynch as role uh, as... Izogi in this. Oh yeah. I mean, th this is this She's is an another brilliant hero, performance. She? she is, but at the same time, this is a very different performance. It, it's oh. one of almost reserve. You know, she's very she calculates everything before making a movement. Mm. And it, it's it's not that she doesn't fight because when she does, she's outstanding, like everybody else in this. But it's more that. She seems to be the brains behind everything. She seems to be, okay. uh, you know, the, the the consensus behind everything as well. Like, do you really want to be doing this? Maybe we can take this. I thought that was really good. I, I was really impressed with this performance because it feels completely different to everybody else in the film. And yet it's still in keeping with the storyline. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of people who are just ready to go to war. It's whereas a different role for her because she's usually the the one who is the action hero getting in all the fights as we saw in obviously no time to die and then you think about her wonderfully um emotional performance in matilda the musical so oh, you yeah, know of course. shana lynch is is um having such a good time of making very different movies at the moment yeah. and long may that continue because i don't think i've seen her give a bad performance trying to think back i don't, I don't no. think i have not in recent years certainly so long may that continue look here's the thing about this movie historically and factually correct or not it's a brutal film with some really excellent performances in this you know there's a there's a lot to say about this movie and it's really good to see 
movies like this being made because you know ultimately this is a story of black history and me and you have spoken about this for time and again to say we need more representation so when you have a movie like this that is going we're going to tell a black story um and we are going to use all of the all of the right instruments and tools to tell that as i said whether it's factory factually or historically correct it doesn't matter it's the fact that they've gone out and they've gone we are going to use all of the tools at our disposal yeah and we're going to tell our story and you go great fantastic i'm totally here for this and the unfortunate thing about this movie is as you may have seen is the director has been talking about how they've been shut out of a lot of award seasons and i agree with her because realistically this film should have been nominated for quite a few more awards than it ever got because it is an absolutely fantastic movie brilliant I like to see where there's this thing that's based on true events that just, it's nice to have that element of it, but I think they can use that creative license to do what they like and it can make a good film if sometimes we go, okay, it doesn't have to be 100% true. Let's let's include some action sequences and make it more See where we go from exciting. there. Exciting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the thing. You know, you and I have reviewed many movies where we've gone... Well, it's not really based on true events and uh, it's taking Hollywood liberties, shall we say. Yeah, and that's it. I, I think maybe that could be levelled at this movie is that it does take Hollywood liberties, but it doesn't matter because you're kind of, you're so invested in the characters and the story that you kind of go, okay, is this true? I'm not really sure. And I have to say, the film did its job on me really because it made me research some of the characters after I'd seen the film. So when ah. I came out, I was on my phone looking at some of the characters. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, so... That person really existed, but actually wasn't wasn't as brutal as described in the film. And you go, okay, right, that's interesting. But you've so, been educated, and now you know. There you go. There you go. Infotainment. Oh, information I like it. and entertainment. That's what we've got in this movie, and education as well. And this podcast, really, isn't it? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I'm not sure we could uh, so, yeah. pass ourselves as that. Yeah, a moderate bit of uh, infotainment, maybe. Infotainment. Much like Marcel the Shell with Shoes on, really. That was also an infotainment piece. Um, and probably Ant-Man and the Wasp. They've all been info and infotainment, have they? Is really? that based on Ant-Man? a true story? <laughs> Ant-Man? Come on. That's Come a on. true story, isn't it? I've seen. <laughs> I mean, I if you grew up with inner space, then sure, okay, you can look at it as a true story. But I, I think most of us who grew up with that realise now that no, you can't do no, that. Oh, fair um, enough. Yeah, sorry to burst the bubble, but yeah, yeah. I, thought, I always thought he was. Uh, so the Woman King is is supposed to at cinemas or DVD? Uh, DVD and Blu-ray, and it's also on digital download as well, so you can pay to stream it as well. Um, you know, it's it's all on the, it's in all of the places basically, and uh, comes highly highly recommended. Excellent. Bring your own spear. Oh, yes, big yes. sword. There's some big old swords in this. There's, there cool. is, Blimey. and you know, th- but this is what I'm saying. The stunt, uh, uh, the stunt people in this movie really worked themselves. I mean, the, the and risked work themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the choreography in it is brilliant. It really is. That f- The fight at the end is absolutely amazing. I mean, it's, it's been a long time since I've seen choreography be this good. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm thinking back to something like House of Flying Daggers um, or, or even back to The Raid. Oh, wow. Yeah. Know, something like that. That's how good this choreography is. Brilliant. So the woman can get out on DVD, Blu-ray and all the rest of it. Nice. Indeed. 
What you got for us next week, Mark? So next week we are going to do a political drama called The Independent, which stars ex-WWE wrestler John Cena. Oh, who, who did he play? Can you remember the, the wrestler? Who was he? Well, he played John Cena. Oh, was he? <laughs> he was under his own name. You see, he's oh, just not into WWE. It's there been you go. Such You've a long yourself time, already. Isn't it? Yeah. So John uh-huh. John Cena, who's now moved into movies, and obviously was in the Suicide Squad, and and then had you know the the TV show spin off Peacemaker. Um, he's in a political drama. Oh. We're also going to talk about uh, a British movie called After Sun, which has been getting a lot. I mean, a heck of a lot of awards nominations. So we will talk about that. And then we will also talk about a new movie from Sir Anthony Hopkins called Armageddon Time. Now, before you ask me, it is not a sequel to Armageddon. Okay. Uh, okay. It's or nothing to do with that. Anything to do with Step in Time. No, it's nothing <laughs> to do with that either. No, it's a family drama. No. Oh, okay. okay. Um, that stars Anthony Hopkins. So we, we will do those next week. Marvellous. That is a mixed platter of movies. Um, it is. Sounds great. Um, Armageddon, ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Film reviews and movie news with Stuart Pink and Mark Searby.